Welcome back to the Beers and Sears podcast, episode two of the 2022 season. We are back. We are alive. My throat still hurts, but we made it. We survived the desert. Um, John, how did you uh, enjoy your stay? It was great. Good time. Happy. How was the room? It, the room was great. Um, awesome time. Glad to uh, report we've all survived. Made it home okay. Um, it was hot. That was that was really hot. It was awesome. hot. I, I think I underestimated the heat, which is pretty stupid considering it's in the desert. Um, but hey, we had the cleanest pool in America to jump in right in front of our eyes all day Saturday, so that was good. Yeah, no, that uh, that was a great time. Glad we did it. And a really random, uh, I guess, diversion from the conversation here. I just got a text from my mom said, "What is Stuart's fiance's name?" It's like she knew. Knew we were, knew we were uh, talking about it, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, that was a, a fun, fun time. Good decision. Um, a lot of money was made and lost. So yeah, I uh, actually came out all, all right. I'll, I was not up, but not down enough where I was like, okay with it. You know, like I, like I, I felt like I'd, I'd got, I put myself out there. Is that me? That's you. So yeah, no, great time, good, good, uh, good experience. I think we can say we can check that one off the list and not go back there anytime soon. Uh, I also want to uh, just put this: the reason that I pushed, what pushed me over the edge to go to Vegas was John. Me? Yes. <laughs> what? No. I, there was one night I don't know what it was, but I think we were drunk, and I was like, "I'm thinking Vegas," and you're like, "Do, do it. You gotta do it. Come on, you gotta do it." <laughs> Damn it. That was a. Uh, so it's all John's fault. But, anyways, yeah. well, it was great, great times had by all. Um, bad milkshakes. Bad milkshakes. Great chocolate chip cookies. Great steak on Friday night. Shout out Matt on that one. That was a heck of a meal. Um, yeah. No, I've really. Old, old Dominion, AKA Old D. Um, yeah. Old, old D does not. Uh, <laughs> they never disappoint. Shout out Liberty Biberty. Uh, if you have your web counter, we are now, I think, three minutes in. We uh, all took Liberty off of web's <laughs> guidance, and um, it, it promptly lost, but not by much. I actually, Webb actually texted me, and this is honestly impressive. These are his stats from his three sports bets they made this weekend. All three of the teams that he bet on won, but none of them covered. Two of which were in overtime when they and they they didn't cover because they reached the alternating two point conversions and uh, three overtimes third overtime now, and then he lost all three games by a combined six points against the spread. Yeah, he he had a little bit of a rough draw, um, but that's that's sports gambling. Yeah, I was I was pretty pretty happy that that you know just like well it, it felt like a warm blanket him saying this yeah no <laughs> well i'm sorry your experience wasn't great but it was it was a good time still good times had by all um okay let's get into it john beer of the week um beer of the week is coming out of dallas it's from celestial brewing, brewing yeah company? yeah they're oh no beer works i'm sorry celestial beer, beer works whatever um, tomato tomato um, just in the northern Dallas area, kind of near Love Field. Am I making that up? Uh, yeah, Northwest, I think. Yeah, so uh, the beer we're going to go with is Welcome to the Space Jam. Kind of thought that was kind of funny. Um, I think that's their new one. Yeah, it's a, it's a Wise. Wise? Uh, it's a Vice? 
It's a sour fruity Weiss. So I will not make a joke about that, but okay. I <laughs> looking at it, it probably it doesn't look like a very good beer actually, but the name is pretty good, so it caught my attention. So that's your beer of the week. Awesome. Okay, we actually did watch the game. Yeah, I had to I had to rewatch it to kind of get some talking points down, but. Overall, I think enthused. I don't know why. I've, this could be just such recency, recency bias, but I feel better leaving this game than and going to Bama than last year going to Arkansas. I no, no, no. Not, I, no, 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 no. Sorry, let me rephrase this. Not as in we're going to win this week. No, as in just the team is overall. No, I, I, did, I, I just – I feel like we had a lot of momentum going out of that Ula Law game last year, um, you know, because it was a ranked, like, win, per se, on paper. Yeah. But, um, yeah and it was okay. like, wow, Hudson Card can actually do something. He had a great game. Uh, so, I feel like there was a lot of momentum there. I think there's a lot of question marks still with this team. But I think a lot of that is due to the fear of what's to come rather than what was seen. Right. So I'll give you that a little bit, I guess. I think people are way too focused on this. And rightfully so. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to downplay Bama. Like, we'll, the, spoiler alert, I think we're going to lose. But, like, I, everyone's – yeah, I don't know. I think it's a lot a lot different mojo, a lot different style, playing at home. I don't know. I, I have a different feeling about this team for what I saw against ULM. Um, getting in individual stuff, like on offense, Quinn didn't start hot. I don't think he. You could say that he played well. I don't think he played great, bad. Bob. Not great. But he, he. I don't think he played bad. I don't think he played well. But I don't no. think he played bad. I don't think they were really letting him uh, do too much. I think after the first possession, when they let him scramble around and try to get creative, and he fell on his face, yeah. they're like, "All right, we're dumping it down. We're handing it to Bijan." That was yeah. literally the game plan after that. So. Eh, they let him toss around to Jatavion a few more times. But, yeah, I agree. He missed Worthy on some I – mean, none of them were going to be easy throws, but there was a few yeah. that, you know, could have been more contested, I guess. They would have given Worthy a, a better chance to make a play and do Xavier Worthy stuff. Um, but there was one – it was an RPO glance. I mean, and he, he sailed it perfectly. Against a better defense, it probably picked, but it wasn't. And he played it – the ball, I mean, perfect in his hands. Um, I think it was in like the second quarter when he did that. That was that was impressive. But yeah, I, I, he needs to connect with Worthy a little bit more. Jai Hall is supposedly playing this week. Give him a little more yeah. of a deep threat. I I don't know. I liked what I see. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Yeah, he no, looked, he looked like a freshman. Yeah, no, he looked like an eighteen-year-old um, or nineteen-year-old, whatever he is, and he got his car towed. That was quite the storyline. His car towed. Yeah, what? Uh, there were some pretty good like tweets, like. Saban, Saban already playing mind games with the freshman quarterback. <laughs> like, okay, that, that, that's that's pretty good. Saban paying off the UTPD, right? Like, the UT dude. parking guys to get back, you know, for Ajayi and <laughs> yep. the Alabama transfer and yep. coming the new quarterback. That's a uh, hey, I, I'm not doubting it. I, I would. Um, there's a chance. There's a possibility. Okay, let's move on. I, I Quinn was Quinn. I mean, it was. I mean, two twenty-five was like right at the over/under number on uh, yeah on uh, the uh, I guess, on Vegas group, yeah group music that we saw, so that was pretty spot on. Um, Hudson looked terrible, so whatever. That's Hopefully, fun. we never have to resort to that. Um, yeah. I I was kind of mad we didn't see Malik Murphy. I want to see him. 
I mean, I guess we have, we got four games, right? That's the rule. So yeah, and I mean, it's barring anything crazy, not crazy, I guess, but like assuming Quinn stays a starter, like you know, cards cards gone, and Malik's the next guy up. I he supposedly looks great in camp. I want to see him. I mean, we're probably not going to see him, but yeah, it'd be major trash time this year or a lot of injuries. But right, hopefully, uh, hopefully the latter does not happen. But moving on, uh, Bijan, I think was um i mean the, the plays where they let him do his thing were amazing but yep. we kind of you could tell he only had i mean with only 10 attempts he wasn't going to get uh too many yeah. miles on, on the wheels fine with that Absolutely. totally fine with that um and, but you know it was impressive when he got into open space he i think was yeah. the highlight of the game and on that touchdown run he had yeah. um really like, juke two or three different guys but impressive held on the ball so i can't you know i don't think there's anything to say there it wasn't like a Blow your socks off type game, but I don't think he had really was going to give the given the opportunity to do so. No, I I, I agree. And Roshan had the great touchdown run to start, which is really more of a line, but still she had a few tackles. And then yeah, he kind of got a little bit of the mop up duty, but then Jonathan Brooks came in um, and you know did well, and then Jaden Blue came in did pretty poor, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree on the Bijan not a, not too much, which is totally fine with me. Um, I, I would have used Roshan a little more early. I know that I just kind of contradicted myself and he had the, technically the first offensive touchdown, but I, I, I don't know. I would have used him a little bit more, maybe two, two back sets, stuff like that. I, I have a feeling that – why show it? It's more of a package, you know, personnel type thing than it is, um, you know, trying to get the ball – who's the ball in the who's hands. I, yeah. We saw a lot of two two back packages last year. I bet we'll see some more. And I don't know if it was hiding anything. It was more of keeping Miles off of Bijan because he it's about to, yeah. about to be like thirty five attempts this weekend. I hope he doesn't have thirty five attempts against that defense. But yeah, you might. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, Jatavian Sanders, I think, was offensive MVP. I think that was pretty clear. Super soft hands, great routes. I, I think mean, it's kind of like a little bit like the new guy on the block type thing. But yeah, he yeah, definitely had a good he, game. He looked great and he blocked well. I don't know, man. I think he did pretty well. Gunnar Helm had a few catches. He had one catch or two catches. Um, I thought tight ends looked pretty solid. Uh, and we talked about Xavier Worthy, Whittington had a couple, couple good catches. Nothing unbelievable, but you know, still it's fine. You know, he's healthy. He's still out there, so we'll take it, right? Yeah, I, I guess I don't know on the receiver core. Yeah, obviously JT um, was. I kind of like that name, by the way. JT Sanders, yeah, yeah. Tavion is a mouthful. I know it's just it's just we too much time. Yeah, no, I, I mean obviously he kind of takes a lot of the attention, but uh, Whittington getting some attempts. I think it was one was on fourth down. Yep. Um, a few just kind of crossing routes. Uh, the the deep first deep ball to um, I think it was to Xavier that also should have been picked. I think it was on second yes. down. Yes. Um, Jordan was actually wide open across. Yep. The across the yep, 100% right. going the other way yep yeah that, that might have gone to the house yeah so you know clean that up um the guy's getting the opportunities to be open I, i'm glad he stayed healthy through week one knock on wood yeah uh, no i agree yeah i think he was it was good to see him have some success even though it was very very minimal uh I, yeah i think i read today that you know there's team notes or whatever that they're just trying to get Quinn more comfortable with his reads, not staring at Xavier. Cause there was a few, yeah, where he just stared down Xavier and he had to open to the other side or where he's staring down Bijan on a, you know, wheel route or whatever, open it up, 
trust your trust your guys they'll be there you'll have time well you may not this weekend but whatever you just work through it process through it a little bit more and um you've got good guys out there to catch the ball they'll be there um i know yeah. line talk i thought banks looked pretty damn good for a first ever freshman start i now i think the d-line was probably the weakness of this team the ulm defense i actually think their dbs weren't that bad um but their d their d-line was definitely their weakness but i thought he looked great i didn't see one play that was you know terrible he looked very comfortable in pass protection um he's got a little 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 different test this week uh but again any false starts uh we had one when majors flinched I want to say we had like yeah maybe one holding too. I mean it was very clean. We had a, we had a holding on that might have been on Banks. Yeah, we had, we only had five penalties. Yeah, no, very clean. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought Hudson looked good. I thought Connor looked good. Majors looked all right. Christian Jones looked all right, but I I don't know. I saw I saw good play. I wouldn't say I saw great play. I saw good play. Yeah. Overall offensive stuff, you know not perfect because they weren't able to string together a bunch of good plays, but I wouldn't say it was a bad at all. There's definitely, you know, stuff there to, to build off of. You get Quinn and worthy connecting. Ajayi hole, you know, gives a little more of a deep threat presence. Trust Jatavion, trust Whittington on the kind of the short, you know, intermediate type routes. And then you got Bijan there. I, I don't know. I think this offense can, I feel better about this offense after watching that than I did last week. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously the concern is the pass protection. Ultimately, you got the athletes um, on the edge and in the backfield to make uh, this offense pretty electric. But creating that pass protection is going to be integral throughout the rest of the year. I think keeping those guys healthy. Um, and I like the, you know, three for three on fourth down as well. Maybe yeah. not against versus a really bad team, but still I like the uh, <laughs> aggression. Uh, I mean, technically the offense only scored 38. Um, with the pick six and the block right. punt, so you know I, it's not not I mean horrible. Uh, I was kind of expecting maybe a little bit more, um, yeah. But you know I think was it three hundred eighty three yards? I mean that's something like that. Not yeah. terrible. It's exactly that. So um, you know, I, all in all, offense was uh, a little. I mean, I guess I give him like a B. I'll give him a yeah B B yeah B B plus. Somewhere around there. I'm okay with it. Uh, going to the other side, defense. I think the D-line looked a lot better from last year. Just overall play. Every single guy looked better. Great. I saw much better effort from Coburn and Sweat. Sweat was getting into it. I love seeing that. I don't think we saw that at all last year. Um, I, neither of them really stood out on the stat sheet, but I don't think. Let me look back through that. But I still really you know, liked – I guess what I saw from the defense in general, um, or sorry, from the D line, Baron Sorrell, good lord, he was defensive MVP for sure. Yeah, that, that no doubt. He he was the one who caught everybody's attention. Golly, where did that come? I mean, he came on last year, but not like that. It, six solo ta- or uh, six tackles, one and a half sacks, two tackles for losses. Weef, um, that was fun to watch. Uh, that guy looks like you know just jumping off. The, the pass rush in general was way better just from the D-line, not from crazy blitzes and Todd Orlando bullshit. Like, I thought the pass rush was a lot better. Um, again, competition, I know, but still. Justice Finkley, the freshman, looked great. 
they he bit up real hard on one um read but other than that he was flying like that kid is lanky he's tall I, he was playing a ton in the first half liked what i saw there i don't know do you see any d lineman that you saw liked or didn't like no i don't know if it'd be d line but i'll move on to the next group uh linebackers obviously demario stole his show um, as he should, quite the leader. He was, I don't want to say on those first two possessions, he was at or near, I guess, responsible or near responsible for almost every tackle. He was everywhere. Um, was not that impressed with DTD. He was really slow. Yeah. Um, and then I saw Brockermeyer get burned towards the end of the game, but he obviously oh, won't be playing. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that group, if that D-line was able to sustain that kind of pressure throughout the year, you know, it's going to come down to can the can those linebackers step up this year. So, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think Jalen Ford actually looked that great either, um, especially in pass coverage. Saw him get burned a couple of times. Jet Bush was in on the second drive, which was a little interesting. Uh, I didn't see one play from Cook or Jaron Thompson that I was like, wow, but I didn't see one that was like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that's good for your safeties. Ryan Watts is really oh yeah really good. That, yeah solid point I, he he like you could there was plays that he made that like okay yeah he's a different style athlete that's been training somewhere else yeah that guy was man I was impressed with that and he's just all on his own you know playing that boundary corner just man up on a dude don't let him pass you and don't let anything you know out in front of you or you know run wise he he's a very nice addition. Um, and Jameson played, played well too. Uh, yeah. Which is the tipped interception was nice. Uh, very nice, but Hey, take it. I, I don't know. I thought it was a great team effort. A lot of, a lot of more gang tacklings and you know, not, you're not requiring on a bunch of the exotic blitzes to get pressure. I, I saw a lot of Patterson in that, the defense, the coverages, the kind of drop for, I don't know. Yeah, did we? I guess being where we were, we weren't able to see where Patterson was. I guess he yeah. was. Oh, I think you no, I think he was up in the booth, but I, I don't know. I, I could see those defense, that defense, just how the was played reminded me of Patterson. The coverages, the blitzes were still PK, the stunts and all that, the uh, kind of alignment was still PK. But other than that, I saw a lot of Patterson, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah, no, I mean, the defense. You know, until the end, which I don't know if you really count that touchdown. I mean, they played a great game, held them to three points until the end, like I said. But it was, uh, I mean, I would say um, also a B. I don't think it'd be boring with also a B, but I think that that's it's safe to say that they, they weren't uh, overly impressive, but they weren't like getting beat in the no. first quarter by ULM. Correct. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, all right. Anything else on ULM game? No, I'm glad. Uh, glad it went well. Most importantly, I'm glad we stayed healthy. That was uh, what Good we point. both talked about last week. Uh, when week was, when Banks went game. down, oof. Yeah, and he was out yeah, for one play. <laughs> yeah, that could have been bad. But no, I think obviously winning was uh, most important thing. But staying healthy was close behind that. And um, happy to report that I put money on the horns to cover, and they did. There so you that, go. That was nice. I, I'll be. I'll self admit that I. Went 0 for 4 out of the <laughs> gates on sports bets. And I was like, I got to win one. So I was like, I'm going to stick to my my blood here. And I was like, all right, let's go horns. And thank God. Um, 
thank God we took care of business and thank God we got to watch it in that cool setting. That, that was something we uh, definitely won't forget. No, that was, that was a great time. I, uh, it was, it was fun. Um, yeah, speaking of watching, we, uh, we had the pleasure of watching the game. Um, and next to our game was a certain football team from Alabama. So, uh, let's, uh, yeah, it was fun. Give us a second. We got a special guest coming on. Um, yeah. So first special guest of the year, let's talk about that. That's uh, this is an exciting moment for the podcast. We've moved on to just one-on-one conversation to having a, a third, third person. And this person, actually hold on. Has... let's, uh, all right, let's take a break real quick. Y'all aren't going to hear a break. If you're listening to this, John and I are going to take a break and let him in. And then we'll all come back on the other side with uh, Dr. Gunter Glad, AKA Harvey from Fort Worth. Okay, now welcoming on the first invited and guest that knew he was going to be on. I think we called a few random people yeah. that didn't count. Uh, in honor of this week's game, we've invited on our good friend, Dr. Gunter Glad, a.k.a. Harvey from Fort Worth. What uh, Any other nom- names I, I need to throw out there? And I think you got them all covered. Sorry the other two guys had to cancel, but I'm, I'm, here to be, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Yeah, I think Harvey's still in jail. The real Harvey's still in jail. And um, show some respect, man. Harvey's he? no longer with us. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for your loss. COVID got him. <laughs> Did it actually? Swear to God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please, we lost our edge, man. Please send condolences to your family. Um, <laughs> all right, Hunter, we're uh, we're pumped to have an actual Bama expert on. Let's uh let's start with your your relationship with Sark. Talk talk us through like y'all hiring him, Kiffin hiring him, and Saban, you know, kind of bringing him into the island of misfit toys. Was he kind of the first one of those coaches? Or was, no, I guess Kiffin was. Yeah, but Lane is Lane. Nothing that really he's the first one with some serious baggage. Um, <laughs> I mean, the story is out of Southern Cal. He's getting carried out of the football facility, getting a little too banged up the night before. And it was basically untouchable, um, really ugly ending. You thought that Kiffin being fired on the tarmac was about as ugly as a USC yeah. firing would get. But that was up there. Yeah, so Kiffin was our OC. All of this was going down at uh, Southern Cal. And of all people, Saban listens to Kiffin and brings uh, Sark onto the staffs. Kiffin kind of stuck his neck out for him. They're good friends, which makes makes Sark's past a little more understandable. Yeah, that's scary. He's running with fresh water. But, yeah, very interesting rise to the top there. So he was an analyst for us. Didn't even really talk to the player. I mean, those analysts reverse scout the team. Um, really just provide insights. They're, they're really not even at practice, um, mm-hmm. namely scouting. Game tape, we've had a, a laundry list of those guys, most famously Butch Jones. He wouldn't even – Butch wouldn't even get a headphone. He kind of tallied. He was a really good – he was one of the best water boys y'all have ever had. <laughs> probably the highest paid. Yeah, Kiffin's ending was ugly. Uh, I feel like most Alabama fans just love Kiffin. I mean, I, I personally love him. What's not to like about him? Uh, he's got a cute pup too now. But, yeah, yeah, so that ended well. That was – shoot, going into the playoff game against Clemson, one yep. we lost. Um, 
on that prick Hunter Renfro's pick play. Yeah. Um, yep. Kiffin gets fired the week after the first playoff game, and he goes to FAU. Sark just gets thrown in. Did he get fired? Um, did Kiffin get, didn't get fired, did he? Dismissed from the team. Didn't, didn't even really? coach. He was there. Yeah, there all year. I mean, Lord knows what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kiffin so, steps in, calls a pretty good game. I mean. Yeah, then Sark came in after, yeah, dismiss. Um, yeah, then start. We had some good years with Sark because OC. Then a lot of people forget he went to the Falcons. There's no C job. Right. He came back to Tuscaloosa and just kicked ass. Recruited some unbelievable players. Um, helped with Tua, obviously Mac Jones. So you got some good breed there, quarterback wise. I know the Hawaiian Prince isn't doing too well in the NFL right now. Uh, we don't care about that. But got us Bryce, our first Heisman Trophy quarterback. He brought here. Uh, yeah, that yeah, all that kinds of true. records in 2020. Does. I mean, it, it, it was a cheat code, and, and that offense just couldn't be stopped. Um, yeah, and he, he did a great job. So, rarely you see, I'd put him in the category with Kirby of guys that just kicked ass and left for a better job, and, and there was no bla- bad blood towards the end. You yeah. could throw Butch Jones in there, he was an analyst and went to Arkansas State. So. Eh, it don't fucking count. <laughs> uh, all right, going to Bryce. Like this year's team, you know, I've I've watched games with you. We've talked, you know, going into seasons, and it it's Texas fans will be punching their stereo or headphones right now hearing this. But Hunter's pretty even keel in that, you know, they've had political or political aspirations, national championship aspirations for the past ten years, and political, and political, and it's kind of you know. You know, negated the kind of shock factor, the wow factor, the exciting factor for Hunter, just because he they've won so many damn times. Um, so where where's where's this team rank? You know, in terms of excitement and getting ready for going into a, a season, fairly high. I think it's more like it's not as deep as, as a lot of our teams have been, but the top line talent's better than some of our deeper teams have been. Hmm. Before I dive into the different kind of positions and, and how deep we are at certain spots and lacking the other, I do have a political joke for you. <laughs> All right, wow. State of Alabama. Dinner and a show. It's so a long story short, Tommy Tuberville wasn't known for his defense at Auburn. <laughs> Got fired after losing a 36-0 Auburn Iron Bowl um, to Alabama. Actually, McElroy was the quarterback that year. Gets into office, and a week later, the uh, – U.S. Capitol defense falls in, in the Capitol storm. <laughs> Jan so, six. It's that's uh. I also it didn't saw take that long. He's the uh, the most active um, stock trader of all congressmen or whatever, and he took a call option on some company a month ago that got bought, and its stock price went up sixty percent in one day. So <laughs> you didn't think you'd be getting a political, uh, uh, you know, bullshit stock trades on this episode but here we are um all right so this game this team's getting exciting top line talent you say is there yeah bottom line talent isn't there yeah i kind of i get that you know since um do you think that's more kind of on the defensive side and that there's you've got some senior laden guys with battle toa toa goes like guys like that but then you have um kool-aid and fuck who else will anderson anderson well anderson and Turner, I guess, yeah, the top line guys. Is that what you're kind of referring to with those older guys who may not be the best or, you know, that you've ever had starters, but they're still, 
you know, been there forever and know the system? Yeah, I think the main difference is like on O-line and D-line, historically we're having guys, these guys are two or three guys when you combine those units that are can't miss first-round picks. Yeah. A lot of these guys are solid players, really good college players, but you project them out, they're third, fourth-round picks. Um, so still NFL talent, still very good players, but there's no Mahler. Um, no. Per se, if you look back at our D-line, it, it's a long list of guys between Quinn and Williams. Jonathan Allen and all those guys. Um, you have some solid players on the D-line. I wouldn't say it's a weak point. I, I really would say it's the offensive line. Last year was the worst one I've ever seen, uh, Alabama-wise. It's improved. You kind of filled some patches at left tackle. You got a Vandy transfer, yeah. so of all teams. Steen, yeah. You got Steen. And, and what concerns me there is Rice isn't the biggest dude. He's pretty mobile, but – I'm telling you what, last year he was sacked almost three. He averaged like 2.8, so close to three sacks per game. That's a lot. You know, yeah. no one likes seeing their quarterback get hit like that, and, and it's just shaky, kind of on edge. It, yeah. Really at any moment, especially with our history, um, Jalen's gotten banged up, and obviously two had just obliterated his hip with much better lines. And, and really, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, you're Your starting quarterback hurt. goes out, yeah. you're in pretty big trouble. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those – it's kind of like – you know, Texas has seen a bunch of bad O linemen that have a bunch of seniors on them, and that's where kind of Bama is like right now. Yeah, I guess Steen's a little different because he's a transfer, but just looking at the depth chart, it's always you know just because they're seniors doesn't mean that they're the best players, you know, on the or have been the best starters there. Um, okay, going over like Jameer Gibbs, do you have a comp for him because he seems like I I don't think I've seen a Bama running back like him. In a, in a while because he's a little more of a shifty guy but I don't know do you have you do you have a comp for him uh he's very shifty like you said um a Bama comp and it's not a great comp would be Kenyon Drake a yeah. very good receiver and can fly when you, you get him in yeah. open space I think he's a little bit tr- better of a true running back than Kenyon Drake uh TJ Yeldon would be another one but TJ was more of a true runner right pretty good receiver but he was known running between the tackles. So him and McClellan, I think, are a great one-two punch. Those guys are something we really missed last year of dumping the ball off, especially with our offensive line. Um, yeah, McClellan's a freak. He's really Really good, good player. He, he tore his ACL last year, looked pretty good week one. Uh, yeah. And the Lido kid. Yeah. Gibbs, no, very fast. The thing with him, it's tricky. You watch him play between the scrimmage and week one, and it's – two-yard gain, three-yard gain, four-yard gain, then he's going to bust a 65-yarder on you. So he has that threat, but consistently-wise, um, I think if you avoid the big play, you could wrap him up. But time will tell on him. Uh, absolutely true. But after that, I would say Gibbs and McClone, the, the big difference between the running back group is last year we had Brian Robinson, who just got freaking shot in D.C. Um <laughs> Big power bruiser. We really don't have that right now. So I'm really curious to see how our short yardage looks. Yeah. Uh, There's not a guy I'd say you can hand it to him and he's going to get you three yards guaranteed, but but there's a lot of big play guys. Got it. John, you got any uh, Bama questions for the the doc? Yeah, I actually do. Uh, It's not player focused. It's more just, I guess, team focused. And I'm trying to do the quick research here. When was the last time, Bama lost a non-conference game. Well, championship. 
No, no. Come on, a regular season. A regular season. Shoot, way before like, I was in school. Exactly. Um, I so I that's what I'm. So I scrolled all the way to 2012, and I still haven't found one. Maybe. Um, oh gosh. Like I'm serious. I'm all the way to 2012, and there's nothing. So it's oh seven was Saban's first year. Yeah. That like that we is lost to Louisiana Monroe, the Warhawks, and Tuscaloosa. Yes. Y'all do play ULM uh, next week. I know. We switch <laughs> off with them. Um, that is unbelievable. It has to be 2008 off the clock of record. That is truly <laughs> unbelievable. Um, obviously, I don't know. I, I would say that you guys have never had to play necessarily the hardest non-conference games because it, it, it didn't gain you anything. So the exposure in general wasn't necessarily like the hardest games. But what would what does this game against us in Austin remind you of in terms of other non-conference games that you've played? I've got one in mind, but I'd love to get your your thoughts on. You're playing a much like much much inferior team, but just due to the name, it's it's like a big game. What what does this game remind you of? This is very unfamiliar territory. So since I got I started Alabama in 2012, since I, I got there. Every week one has been a neutral site game. Um, huh. We have not done a home and home like this since before I was in school. Yeah. Um, every week one, you're going to either Dallas or Atlanta. Right. Or Orlando. Orlando's kind of an off the grid. That happened once or twice. <sighs> yeah, that was fun. Here. Um, great time in Florida. <laughs> but, uh, shoot. Oh. It's really I mean, different, man. I wouldn't say it's been a really long time just because those are all neutral side games. We haven't gone to a non-conference environment like this early in the year in, in a damn long time. But a, yeah. a comp I'd say before, we're going in, you know the team is really talented that you're playing. They have some high, top high-level players. I would say it's similar and I'm not saying the result will be similar to that, but it's similar to when we played Southern Cal. We exactly. Yep. And my other one would be Florida State, uh, Jimbo, the beginning and the end of Jimbo in Atlanta. Yeah. Two very, a very high name brand. Um, Was that Darnold? Team. I don't remember who the USC quarterback was, but I remember that game being so hyped. It was like a night game in DFW or in Arlington. Um, and – USC just got obliterated. It was like 50 to 10 or something like that. Um, and so I don't know. I, I just, it kind of blew my mind, first of all, to look at the success in non conference over the last, call it 15 years, but also just thinking about some of the other games that remind this game reminds me of. But it's a good point that traditionally you guys were playing on neutral sites and this home and home, which I don't remember what year this was announced, but it was a while back. Yeah, it's um, a long time ago. Yeah, it, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad it's happening prior and to – going back to that USC game, John, I will buy you a beer if you can tell me who we started at quarterback that game. Oh, man. What year is this, 13, 14? No, it was like 16, 17. It was Jalen Hurts' freshman year. Wow, really? No, but he didn't start, did he? Nope, he was the third guy in. Uh, it wasn't Sims. He's gone by then. Wasn't was it Coker? No. Nope. Coker was my senior year. Oof. 
I can't. I mean, McCarron is way long gone at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the legendary Blake Barnett. Oh. <laughs> if that's, that's a, a blast one. when he passed. That's he was from California, one. right? I think so, yeah. He was very highly touted. That's Came why I think it was him and Darnold because they were talking about like the two Cali guys. I think no, Donald. I remember looking back when Donald came in at the end of the game. Don, that was Donald's freshman year. He played like mop up duty in that game. Oh, is that when that Max Brown kid started yeah. for him? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He played terrible. They yeah, went like really, they, really bad. They went like one and three to start the season, and then they put Darnold in the rest of the year, and they actually played pretty well. Yeah, I I remember the Florida State game, sort of, but at USC one stands out to me vividly as one that was super hyped up and uh was a big big uh, caliber game and then, then you guys just walked into the stadium and it was it was over before it started <laughs> yeah that um, one wasn't close um all right question for you guys real quick yeah is it true my guy uh the dry hall is practicing this week it is true he is and he's back at it he's still trying to get his car towed or <laughs> car his, his car boot off <laughs> his his other wheel he's been driving on it but hey what happened with billingsley over in alabama why did he get suspended for six games honestly that's a great question um a lot of things don't come out i think saving someone's just not going to drag a kid through the mud uh once he leaves like a, a lot of the ajay hall stuff no <laughs> one really knows uh, everyone's best guess is he just started to skip practice he was like tweeting in the middle of the season that he was going to quit football when he wasn't playing <laughs> Billingsley's one or in 2020, he absolutely killed it. He was a very nice confidence, all those receivers and running yeah. backs and made some phenomenal plays. And everyone was really counting on him to have a big year last year. And it just didn't click. And he kind of got sideways with Saban. Billingsley's dad was like tweeting up, my son needs to listen to Saban. Saban would talk to him and pull him over like on his hip almost at every drive. And I just don't think it was a good fit. Uh, I have nothing against Billingsley like I do a guy. He didn't – well, Billingsley played terrible in the national championship but not like a guy. Um, but a very talented guy. The thing is, if he would have been more patient, I mean, he would be starting for us. Um, him and Latu would still be our starting tight ends. Yeah. And from the research I've done on you guys, you guys have some really talented young tight ends. So yeah. when he comes back off suspension, man, those spots might be locked up. Um, yeah. That freshman yeah. – Sanders. Is he a freshman or sophomore that He's tied in last technically a redshirt freshman. So JT Sanders is a freak from Denton. He was a like converted D. Oh, Denton guy, right? Yeah. 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 Then, I mean, that kid is going to be a really good player. I don't yeah. see him being better than him. He played great but, last weekend, too. In, in terms of suspension, man, I honestly couldn't tell you. Six games is a lot, so it had to be something. Um, I mean, the Jai Hall didn't get suspended six games when he came to Texas. <laughs> Is he? Uh, do you think he's gonna be a diff, uh, difference maker this week, Stu? I mean, do you think he actually can? No, no, I don't think so. I, I, I don't. Think so but I mean, it's nice to have. But it, no, difference maker? No, definitely not. Um, he reminds me of Antonio Brown, man. You really don't know what you're gonna get. He could show only. up and not play at all, or hit you for 170 yards. It it doesn't make sense. He looks like a different player every week. Yeah, that's not a not a good thing. Um. All right, let's do uh, let's do score predictions. Why why doesn't everyone take a a side on either the spread or the total too? Just to throw it out there, um, I'll go first. I, I we're losing. I said it earlier. I'll go 40, 49, 21, 49, 17. 
I think we can get a few touchdowns um, on some good schemes, some Sark and all that, but I, I just don't see us really, really getting keeping this one close late in the game. Maybe in the first half. I actually don't hate Texas first half, but I, I think the the play is everyone's on the over. I'm, I'll take the under, say, like, yeah, 48-17. It's right there at the number, but it's technically at the under. Lad? We're pretty similar to Stewart's. Um, mine's going to be 44-21. And I was to echo what Stewart said, I, I, I kind of like Texas first half. I, I'm not sure what that first half line is. What, is it going to be 10? I can see it. Yeah. 10 and a half is not a bad number. Um I don't want to sound like Rico Bosco, but especially if, if Texas gets the ball first. No, it's not a crazy and the fly they're doing a flyover before the game. You know, it's gonna be a really em- emotional environment uh, yeah. for Texas. The team is gonna be fired up. And if there's one thing about Sark, man, he's going to have one hell of a play card to come up to start the game against yeah. Alabama. Yeah. He's an definitely. elite play caller. Um, and they'll have some top line talent at certain positions on offense. I think the key there will be keeping viewers upright. And if you can get some running game out of Dijon, um, a lot of that is I don't think the O-line's be ready for the physicality of Alabama's front seven. And obviously, if you're running back, there's nothing you can do about that. I do think Dijon is going to have a great game receiving. I think he's going to get thrown out to the flats quite a bit and do some misdirection in the backfield. But I do like Texas first half. And I do think it wouldn't be crazy if, if you look up and it's 14-7 Texas, 14-0 Texas. I think that Texas is built for that, not to bring up bad memories. A great example of that is the uh, Red River game last year. OU. Uh, the no. talent that OU was a good team last year, I understand they're not. They don't win the national championship, but that, that's still a good football team. They um, played it, and y'all absolutely whooped their ass to start the game, and that was neutral side. Um, so that's going to be something to keep an eye on. I think that you could get in trouble if you don't come out hot. Um and, and I think it's really important to keep viewers upright. Um, I think he's a very, very good player. The crazy thing about him is so much hype coming in around him. I think it's justified. From what I've seen, videos have been playing and highlights from last week's game. The arm talent is definitely elite. Yeah. But I, the experience there, you've no. you got to get right. to a certain level. Like Louisiana Monroe is the best football team he's ever played. He practiced at Ohio State, so I think that's quite a big jump. It, obviously, it's not going to be the best team he ever plays in his career, but you do got to realize that's the best talent he's ever played live football against. Yeah. Um, and the, the mental isn't there yet, but the arm talent is for, you know, for sure there, but I don't know if we're going to be seeing the mental this week. Um, John, what do you got? Yeah. Kind of stole most of my points there, but I think the, uh, you know, a lot of memories come to mind from last year of Sark's first possessions. You look at OU first play touchdown, Oklahoma state drove down the field, 10 plays touchdown, I don't know if Baylor we did the same thing, but all the games that we ended up losing in the did. second half, first possession, yeah, first possession touchdowns were uh, a common theme. I think Tark, uh, we take the ball. I think we score. I don't know if it's seven or three. I think we get on the board first. I think you're right in saying it's going to be an electric crowd. I also think the 11 a.m. actually favors us a little bit, um, yeah. just for a bit. Um, I'd be interested to see what the DKR environment is going to be like because I don't think we've had a – a decent crowd since LSU in 2019, which is really sad to say. Um, so I think all those factors lead to Texas getting on the board first, maybe board first, and maybe having a lead at the end of the first, maybe. 
but I think those are the only points. I think Nick Saban wakes up and it turns into a bloodbath. I'm going 40, 45, 10. All right, games of the week. I guess we'll start keeping track of these now. Um, Can I sneak one more question in on y'all? Yeah. When was the last time a number one team came and played at DKR as a, a visitor? Ohio State. No, Ohio State. They, was that? they weren't number one. We were one number one. That's right, because Colt was a freshman. We were number one. Oh gosh, it's so tough because the only number one teams we ever played is OU. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like there might have been an Arkansas team in there, maybe in the Southwest Conference days, but. Definitely not a Big Twelve. Great, the big, great question. Big 12 era. Great question. Definitely not the Big and Twelve. And then two two cornerbacks. I think that Sark's going to come after this week. One is Terry and Arnold, talented guy. He really didn't get much playing time to the end of last year. Not much experience starting. And then Eli Ricks, a transfer from LSU. Both very talented guys. Not much experience. From what I've read, they someone had trouble grasping the defense in terms of schematics. Uh, I think Sark's going to put pressure on them, pull out of the double routes, and, and go after those two guys. Um, so if you see a big play and, and you see an Alabama DB chasing a Texas wide receiver down the fan field, look for those two players to be the guys uh, giving it up. Not Kool-Aid? Kool-Aid's locked down. <laughs> Kool-Aid is, is – I cannot wait to hear – what's RPA announcement? Oh, they'll say his uh, full John, name. Oh, they go Kool-Aid, gosh. then Jaquincy McKinstry. No, they do not. I swear. Kool-Aid on the tackle. Kool-Aid on the tackle. Is it uh, John? Oh, God, what's his name? Bill? Bob Cole. Bob Cole. Yeah. I know. Something lame. Okay. All right. Let's get back to – let's pick some games. We'll keep track of this um, for any other uh, guests we have on later this year. So, pick a side um, or on a spread or, or the over under first one, Houston at tech three o'clock on Fox. Uh, I've got the line right now of, uh, Texas tech minus three with their somehow with their, uh, quarterback is hurt for like the season or for like a month and Who? T- tech. Wow. Tech's quarterback kid, is, right? What show? Wow. Is that his name? No, like show. S H O U G H, Shuff, Shug, something like that. He broke his collarbone or like hurt his collarbone again, like the third time in his career. Um, I, I don't see how they're favored in this. Houston won a close one against UTSA. I think everyone in their dog is on Houston though, but I can't. I can't take Tech minus three. I just can't. I'm, I'll take Houston plus three. Glad. I'm taking Dana, man. I love Dana Holgerson. I'll roll with. Uh... Houston plus three. Uh, we'll see. Texas Tech's an unknown, but man, if you take the turnover they had, new coach, now your your backup quarterback's getting thrown in there against a team of equal talent. I'm taking Dana in the points. Stu said the game's in Lubbock. Correct. Three o'clock. Yeah, I th- I'm going to take Dana as well. I think U of H got over a little bit of a hump. They got through that UTSA trap game. I think they go up there. Take care of business. They come back down here, take care of Kansas the following week. They're going 3 0, and they're a good pick for some bets the rest of the season. So um, they're kind of dipping their toes in the Big 12 already. I kind of like, uh, kind of respect what they're doing. USC at Stanford, 6 30 on Fox. What was that like 4 30 um, their time? Uh, I, I, Caleb Williams had a pretty efficient game. I wouldn't say he had an unbelievable game, but he had like 
only two incompletions or something on like 20 passes. Uh, I, I don't know. I know nothing about Stanford, but I, I took USC this past week to crush Rice and they did. So I'll take USC again, minus nine. Vlad? This is the uh, Robbie Thomas lock of the week, <laughs> USC minus nine. The over 65, by the way, if anyone wants to take that. I'm going to go with USC in the points solely on. They've got some elite athletes on the outside. Uh, I just don't think Stanford can match up. I think Stanford can equalize a lot of that with other Pac-12 programs and probably USC last year. But when you add the guys they have on the outside with, with Caleb Williams, I think there's just too much opportunity for them to uh, separate in this one. So I'll go SC. Yeah, I'm going to go USC as well. Too much talent. Um, I guess I'm going to say that I'm not going to miss that West Coast time. Being over there was a long day of football. So um, yeah. being up that early, or I guess sitting there in that line uh, at, at LAD, and you and I sitting there waiting for Stewart to show up and just watching a game at 9 in the morning at a distance was uh, it was a long day. I didn't know what we were getting into after just standing there in that line. We should have just should have bailed right then. Man, we held our ground. We were there till the bloody end. Y'all yeah. held it out. Um, all right, last one. Baylor at BYU, 9-15 on ESPN. BYU is minus three. Over-under is 53. Both teams covered last week with uh, BYU being on the road against USF. Um, shape Shaping the B, uh, Baylor quarterback was 17-20 with two tutties. But they're just going to try to run the ball a ton. So the BYU running back – Curtis Brown at 135 yards on 13 carries. Pretty damn impressive. I like BYU to win this game. I just – I don't know. That's a tough place to play. Baptists against Mormons at night. That's a scary matchup. Um, I'm going to take the under 53, but BYU to win. What about you, lad? You know, there's voodoo that goes on with at nighttime. The game's in Provo, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's some voodoo going on there. Nighttime up in the mountains, surrounded by Mormons. Um, nobody I'd rather have to fight that fight than a group of Baptists from Waco. So I'll go with <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go Baylor as well. I, I just think that they got something going there. Randa's got some momentum. Um, I think the Baptists prevail and beat the Mormons at night. All right. That's all we got. Doctor, thank you. Wait, is You're it true? The, uh, what? TCU Tarleton game? No, shut up. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We did, speaking of that, we do need to pick another game. Uh, Kentucky, Florida. Four and a half, uh, Kentucky, uh, Florida's favorite. Are you buying Anthony Richardson? I think everyone else is. Uh, I think he's very solid. What I'm not buying is Will Levis and Kentucky having 50 yards of, of in the run game against Miami of Ohio. Ooh, that's God. supposed to be their bread and butter. They had more rushing yards against Georgia's defense last year. Um, Jeez. Oh, no. I, I'm really just – I think Will Levis is a, is a solid college player, but I don't think he's going to – he's the type of talent that's going to lead Kentucky to a 10-win season or 9-win season. I don't think – I think Kentucky's decent to compete on the lines of scrimmage. I don't see any talent uh, on the back end of the defense, and I don't, especially at wide receiver. Um Take take that into account. The swamp at nighttime. Yeah, that's, that's a true. tough spot. I think Florida's going to start off hot and, and get in the top ten, and then fall off. Kind of lose yeah. a couple games and fall off. Have like an eight and four, nine and three year. Lad or uh, John, what do you have? There you go. Get it out. 
Midwestern State lost, unfortunately, Ooh. last week. What the fuck? Yeah, okay. Whoa, watch the language. We, uh, Who'd they play? Cleaning, cleaning this podcast up and just make sure there's in-laws listening here. But uh, Colorado State Pueblo, remember we talked about that. Oh, those. yeah, but they were good, right? That's like a bunch of convicts from Colorado. I guarantee it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Wolf Pack – or, excuse me, the Thunder Wolves beat the uh, Stangs up in Wichita Falls, unfortunately. But the – the boys are traveling over to uh, Eastern New Mexico. Ooh, that's a tough game. No, yeah. that is. They were good last year. Traditionally, has not been our our best place to play. Uh, I don't think we've won that game in a while. But yeah, we're playing the uh, oh the Greyhounds, of course. How can I forget them? How can you forget that? I mean, no, yeah. East, Eastern New Mexico is good. I want to say they're ranked top ten. Yeah, no, that was unfortunate. Uh, unfortunate loss. I'm sorry to report. But uh, circling back to Lad's comment earlier, technically. Ohio State did have a number one ranking in one of the polls when they came in 2006. They did beat Texas. Uh, but prior to that, I don't think we've ever hosted a number one in uh, – Probably not. In Austin. Obviously, Dallas, there's been plenty of those occasions. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that was a solid question. I bet you Mr. Taylor's email will answer that question. Yeah, straight. it will. So, yeah, we'll, we'll I, get that to you on Friday at the, the Monday morning – Toilet sesh. So, lab. And to answer y'all's question that? earlier, yeah, the last time we lost a non-conference game that wasn't in the postseason, 2007. ULM. The Warhawks came into Brian Day, beat us 21 to 14. Is is next? Is this an overlook with the <laughs> with the Warhawks coming next week? There's this some booty there. To be. We turned it around and won the Independence Bowl, though. So. Yes. Was that the game where the guy caught it over the other guy's like shoulders and like rolled over and it was like on the Pontiac commercial forever? Unfortunately, it was. Yeah, Tyron Pro Throw. Yeah, you know what I was talking about, Stu. Don't laugh at me. He caught it behind his back. It was nuts. Yeah, was it Pontiac? It was a random commercial. I don't, I don't remember know. that. I don't remember the commercial. I remember the game. I don't remember the commercial. Oh, uh, man. My, no, my bad. That was against Southern Miss. Ah, uh, darn it. Well, you knew what I was talking about, lad. You knew yeah. what I was talking about. All right, Gunter, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Is it true that you bought a flight this past Saturday? No flights have been bought. Any tickets have been bought? Uh, No, not yet. We'll see what happens. I might. uh... Go find Dennis the Menace tomorrow at Stands, and maybe you can uh, get you uh, win you a ticket or something. I'm going to say you boys be safe down there. It's going to be hot. (laughs) Watch where you park your cars. (laughs) Don't get a little too banged up. Uh, I think, yeah, there we'll try you. on that one. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Gunter, thank you. That was a good time. We'll see you all next week. All right, fellas. You guys have a good one. Couldn't feel better. I'm together with my Dixieland delight. Spend my dollar. Park in a holler needs a mountain moonlight Hold her up tight Make a little loving A little turn of dubbing on a Mason-Dixon night It's my life Oh, so right My Dixieland delight
munching on clover Red tailed hawk sitting on a limb Chubby old groundhog croaking bullfrog Free as a feeling in the wind Homegrown country girl Welcome back to the Beers and Spirits podcast. This is your host. Yeah. Hi, it's Kate. Bye, Wayne. One. 